We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Light Years After Show on the Locker Room app. I got Andy Liu with me. Uh, Warriors beat the Denver Nuggets. Steph Curry sets a record for the all-time leading Warrior. But before we get into that, first thing I want to say is thoughts are out to Jamal Murray. That was just such a brutal fall at the end. My fingers are crossed that it's not as bad as it looked. But for what was a, a great game for Warrior fans and kind of an all-around fun thing, that was just that was a real damper on the night. So I just want to acknowledge that before we get started. Yeah, one of those. I mean, just in a season of tough injuries. I mean, for the Warrior, us Warrior fans, we know. It's been a few seasons of tough injuries. But we're seeing it around the league. We're seeing it on, like, superstar players the hardest part, right? Like, AD, KD, LeBron, all these guys. Just like, man, it's, it's hard to watch. Uh, not hard to It's hard to see these players that, that get to sit out, have to sit out and uh, – well, hopefully it's not bad. Hopefully he's not out for the season, although, although it seems like he might be. But let's hope he'll be back for the playoffs. Yeah, fingers crossed for Jamal Murray. Um, with with that put aside, let's let's get into the game. Um, just wanted to get that out there before it started, so people didn't think we were monsters. Not acknowledging what we just saw. Um, Stephen Curry, fifty three points, probably could have had seventy if he wanted to. I don't even know what you say about this guy anymore. Like, just Denver could do nothing. Like, Compazzo, I like Compazzo as, like, you know, I, I kind of like those type of players. But it's just hilarious watching him just, like, do the uh, do the Rudy impression on Steph and just, like, I don't know, man. Yeah, a little bit of Delhi vibes there. Just, yes, just a big, big yeah. deli vibes. Big deli vibes, slapping the floor, slapping Steph, you know, just kind of hounded him and just just trying to foul really every possession, hoping hoping the refs don't call it. Um, but t- tonight was one of those games where it felt like when we started this season, you know, when we did our like 80,000 preview pause, we're pretty excited for the season. You know, even after Clay got hurt, we felt like, hey, if this team, you get them a six seed, you get them a before, five seed. Before we realize being excited, it's not what the season's about. <laughs> We were, you know, we expected some stuff, you know, but but this was the type of game that I think if we saw this type of game in like game five or something, like you and I would have been convinced like now this is this is a real first round threat. You know, they could be a second second round team. And like this was this was why like Draymond out there was a force on both ends. I think he had like 18 points. Right? Season, season high, just to be clear. Yes. Unreal. Like season career high career high uh but it was one of those games where it just felt like man if the warriors play like this not like you're not always going to play as great as this but if you play like some version of this consistently that's a really good basketball team yeah i mean my my takeaway on this game is obviously Steph uh goes without saying but draymond and wiggins wiggins i think played excellent defense i think he's 
played really good basketball all the way around. Like we can argue about the contract. He's not a max player, but he's objectively a useful right. player. Right. 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 Um, I think those guys are showing that they can play a role on next year's team. If we want to go deeper into it, Juan Toscano Anderson definitely has a role as at minimum, just a bench energy guy. Like, you know, you can throw him in there for five, 10 minutes and he's not going to make mistakes. He's going to D up. He's going to probably get some loose balls for you. He's going to make a smart pass. Uh, maybe Jordan Poole didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but Jordan Poole is starting to show. Yeah. And like what, what's really important for me with this Warrior team is is twofold. Get in the playoffs, let Steph go off and show everyone how good he is. Just just a little reminder for the world. <laughs> and the second thing is kind of identifying who can be players next year when hopefully they are, you know, revamping the roster and trying to make a more serious contending roster because they have a guy who's good enough to be the best player on a title team. And there's only about five teams in the NBA who can say that. Yep. That's, that's the part watching this game made you realize like, not, no, we realized this, but made you reinforce the notion that damn, they could win a title. They got to fix, they got to fix, you know, who they're playing and who they sign. Right. I think one example that you threw out there was Juan Descano Anderson tonight uh, was incredible. In my opinion, uh, very good defensively. Always makes the right box outs. Have you know? Have you noticed that it's it's so? I, I've noticed that more this season because I watch guys like Ubre and guys who just like don't do the little stuff. And then when someone like Juan Toscano Anderson comes out there and like makes the right plays, you're just like and consistently makes them. It's a right. lot of fresh air. He's like a he's like a Draymond light, right? He just all the way down to the fact that he has no offense either. It's just it's it's awesome. It's awesome the way he plays basketball. It's fun. He he makes all the right plays and he always finds Steph. So, like, they got to get those guys. They got to get those guys more run. It was fun to watch him tonight. And, like, he played why? Ubre was out. Wiseman was out. Right? But, like, it's almost like, damn, like, it took those guys to be out. But are they almost better when they play with, with right, Juan Toscano-Anderson over someone like Ubre? And, and, and that's it, crazy. Isn't, isn't it funny? Because, like, at the tail end of the uh, dynasty, I feel like we were so annoyed that it was, like, Steph Clay and – three dudes who don't want to shoot the ball ever. And now they've put, you know, I mean, Ubre, Wiggins, <laughs> Baysmore, all these guys, they, they're certainly not shy shooting the ball. Um, it's kind of like if they get the ball, it's head down and, you know, pray for the results, right? That it makes you almost appreciate someone like Juan who has like a split second thought in his head that maybe I should pass it to Steph who's wide open two feet next to me instead of just putting my head down and barreling to the rim. It's like they can't get the right balance. I mean, they, they, they definitely got the right balance down where they had KD in all those years. But, like, it's funny, you know, like the same things we get annoyed with, like at kind of the tail end when KD was out. And it's just, you know, they can't shoot the ball. Like, right. now they're the complete opposite way. And it's like, can we find something in the middle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. some guy that can do a little both. Like, I think Jordan Poole is a little bit on the other side where you're trying to live with it. I know that's another guy you mentioned. Yeah. We, got a, we got a lot to cover tonight, so I'm just going to throw some stuff out there. But, like, Jordan Poole is another guy where I'm like, you kind of live with the stuff that he does on offense just because they need that, right? Like, defensively, not so great. But, man, he had – I mean, he, he's, he's creative shooting. and he he's can hit a ton of shots. Yeah. yeah. He can't – the three is off. The three is off. What is he down to now? Like, 33% or something like that? But, like, man, like – he is uh he he is a special uh bench scorer has the potential to be a special bench scorer 36% on the season which I'm generally okay with he did he was super hot last game tonight he hit he was over 5 for 3 but like he is kind of a microwave scorer it's like it's like Lou Williams where the percentages never match the eye test like you know how like when you watch Lou Williams you're like oh that dude can just hit everything. And then you look at his percentages, you're like, why is he shooting 34.8% from three? Yeah. I thought he was a better shooter than that. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think Jordan Poole can be better than that in terms of uh, efficiency-wise. But like, if he isn't, I would rather him lean into just being Mr. Bucket Getter than trying to overthink it. Yeah. Yep, enough with the just just go out there and play basketball. Just go for that crazy dunk, which somehow went in, right? Shoot the heat that check jump shot he did. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> Um, let's bring this back to Steph. Uh, cause I feel like the story of this game for the Warriors is Steph and Draymond. Um, I don't even know what we say about Steph. Like hey, at this point, you know, we, we may have 30,000 hours of, you know, Steph kind of quasi slurpage podcast footage. So that, there's not much else to say. Like he's, 
I don't know, man. He he's gonna he's already the greatest warrior of all time. He's one of the ten to fifteen greatest basketball players of all time. He's at this point. I just want you to appreciate him, not you, but like all the listeners. He's going to retire one day. He's going to move on. And I promise you no amount of lottery picks are going to amount to a Steph Curry. Like you go through the last like 12 drafts in a row. There may be two players who are comparable to Steph talent wise. Like you could say like AD and Luca are guys who have legit franchise talent, but neither of them are a specialist Steph. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's just kind of like you, you, I just don't want to get to his last year and be like, damn, we didn't really appreciate that. I think there is a level of it's not even the on court talent that that's so special. And that is right, because there's a lot of talented players. It's the way that he does it on this team with where the team was beforehand. Like, all right, you throw Anthony Davis out there for an example. Anthony Davis was special in New Orleans, but nobody gave a shit. Like partly because there's a couple of reasons, right? He's in New Orleans. Sure. They didn't win that much because his team was terrible. Sure. But just who he was, he's not exciting. Nobody cares about Anthony Davis, but with Steph Curry, he, he's so special in that not only has he, he drops 50 points tonight, but the way that he drops 50, it makes people who don't care about basketball, watch basketball. Right. And that's really one of the cool things that I think, Right. When this all happened, yeah, this all became like national, right? We knew about this. Everyone in here, everyone that listens to Light Years podcast, which by the way, subscribe five stars, like they know, we all know Steph is special, but it's the national TV stuff where it's like nobody draws, nobody understands this, like Steph Curry, which is, you know, sometimes I think, Sam, you and I get a little annoyed that Steph doesn't get the notoriety from the national uh, people as much as they think, because this is the type of stuff where you're like, what player in the league? right now could do what Steph did tonight and, and have, and like have it be that exciting. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can name another. One. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we, we can go down the list. James Harden is a phenomenal basketball player. I just don't know that he gets people out of their, his seat like that. Like Kevin Durant, same thing. Like we can go down the list. It's he's got that certain quality that you just cannot identify. It's because it's all authentic. He's not demanding trades. He's playing within a team flow. Sometimes the team flow thing is annoying. I wanted him to just chuck in the fourth quarter, but he's not going to do it. That's kind of part of who Steph is, right? Like he's not going to do it. So there's just not going to be another one like him. And I just want everyone to appreciate it. He's 33 years old. I think he's got a lot of basketball left in him, but don't just don't take it for granted. I I think, you know what's funny i don't even i don't think your point is that fans shouldn't i think there's a little bit in your in your voice that i tell it's more of the front office right like there yes, is yes that, i can kind of no hear one, that no one in our room everyone who's in this room i know is firmly a member of the church of Steph. i'm not worried about that there there is a uh a very like there's a little bit of a fear you know in the games like this tonight you're like this team could win a playing game and they could win a first round series could we even win a second round? Like, who knows? They could maybe they can they absolutely scare the shit out of Denver or Utah for yeah. sure. Like, maybe, maybe not a maybe not a fully healthy Laker team, but you know they get they get a little Utah or Denver matchup. They're pushing them to six, and they're going to get very tight when they're dealing with Steph Curry in a three-two series. That's exactly right. Like that. That's the stuff, and that's where you want to see more urgency from the front office this offseason. And, and we're going to keep going back to this because it's going to be the most fascinating. Warriors offseason since I mean obviously since they got KD but since last offseason <laughs> it was but like they got to do some they got to do some because this this type of game and he's done it so many times this season this isn't like oh Sam like we would just watch Steph go for 50 vintage performance that we saw you know like like right. Steph in his prime like no 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 this is Steph in his prime right now there are at least two more seasons of this you go capitalize on this and you figure out how to win uh, with this guy it was cool man it was, it was cool to watch it was, I think, another cool thing to see was, um, was him and Draymond uh, play together. This, this reminded me a bit of like them against Portland. You remember that a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was um, the, the the embrace when Steph set the record for most points in the Warrior franchise history with Draymond. I was just like, you know, it makes it makes, a little, makes us all a little emotional. Like, oh man, I don't want these guys <laughs> to break it up or anything like that. Actually, that brings me to the last thing before we get to callers. Let's talk about this. Draymond, seven for eight, 18 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Statistically, his highest scoring output game of the season. 
Why do you think Draymond had his best offensive game? Do you think it's just random luck, or do you have anything else? I don't know if I have a theory. If you do, I'd throw it out there. But this is the type of game I think that there is no excuse for what he was doing earlier this season, really this entire season. Like no, some, some games he would have no field goal attempts, no point score. Like what is like, we've been saying it all season. It's just not acceptable. Did he do anything crazy? Today? He made a couple floaters. Like he ran the floor. He hit threes. That, that he alone hit is, is very nice. Yeah. Hit two threes. So maybe like, you know, those are, those are throwaways, right? Like, so maybe you say he hits zero of those or one, maybe tops, but like he still should have 10 points. You take away the two threes. And I think that's the stuff where, I'm watching it. It's not like Draymond tonight was doing some like uh, Tim Duncan post move where he goes backboard or like KG fade away. He's not doing anything like we haven't seen before. It's just that's that's the part where I don't understand. But how much, of this, you, how much of this do you think was because he wasn't playing center or he was playing center? Sorry. There you go. And now I want you to elaborate. <laughs> so I, I first off, I reject the theory that he can't play with Wiseman. I do agree with the theory if you want to four-speed Wiseman through the post, they can't play together. So that's always been my thing all season. If you let Draymond play the de facto center on offense and Wiseman is maybe a trail big who's shooting threes with confidence, who's not getting yelled at when he takes an open three, and who just slashes off of Draymond, I think that could really work. But if you want to play a big next to Draymond, like a traditional big, like a guy who operates in the post. I don't know that Draymond is good enough uh, or his skill set is there to play that way anymore. And I know Wiseman's is it. So for me, all removing Wiseman does is gives the coaching staff less options. And then they have to play the way that this team is best suited to play, which is fast. Draymond is a point center and everyone's spacing around him. And that's what they should have been doing all season. Like all this cutesy, like overpassing with a big man in the, the post works when you have Clay, KD, and like, yeah, okay, get, get Zaza his post touches. But without that kind of roster, you're just wasting your second best player. And Draymond is still the second best player on this roster. Let him, like, let Draymond be Draymond. Let Steph be Steph, and good things happen. Yeah, that that's a tough one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That that's a tough one. They had a little bit of a good stretch there when Wiseman was out the first time, right? Um, where they played some extended small ball where they had no centers, but you know that kind of wore down a little bit. But there's a balance that you can get. There's a balance there that you can find, and I, and I agree. It's tough. They're kind of almost like you you hesitate to kind of. And and to me, what I'm talking about is on offense the way you play defensively. Like you do need. Um, you do want a big next to Draymond because like asking him to bang with Jokic for 82 or 72 games or whatever, it's like right. unrealistic. Which also, by the way, very good job on Jokic tonight. Jokic got his points. Like he played pretty well, but I think about Draymond and the cool part of watching him play defense against bigs is they never push him under the bucket. Like very, very rarely. And you look at Kevon Looney, he, he guards Jokic on a few possessions Jokic takes one dribble and, and Looney literally <laughs> yeah, falls yeah. Back like three. You kind of can't blame him, if, but how strong is Draymond? If Jokic is going to hit that like fadeaway 10 footer, so be it. But like Dr- Draymond didn't let him get a single easy one. He didn't let him get like cheap free no. throws or anything like that. And like that's Draymond in a nutshell right there. Like he's, if you're going to be, if you're going to beat him with tough shots, you're going to beat him. But like you're, He's not putting you on the line 10 times a game. No, absolutely special. Uh, Yeah, we should have brought that up just earlier. Absolutely special defensive performance from Draymond and offense. Like in the middle of the If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Game of the third quarter, I felt like, man, this, this was a... Uh... This was peak playoff Draymond Green right here against the best, one of the best offensive teams in the NBA, like top three probably, right? And and MVP of the league right now, Nikola Jokic. So, yeah, incredible. One of those games, again, we keep saying, or I'm going to keep saying it, where you put these guys in a playing game, they win that, you put them in a first-round series, oh, man, it could get ugly for the other team, uh, especially if Steph's the best player on the court, and most times he's the best player on the floor. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little dicey. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash lightyears now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LightYears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, you want to move us to questions? Let's get some people on. Let's do it. We're going to do Blue Wire stuff now on the ABC. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. We're going to be a little clicker tonight. We're not getting through everyone tonight because we're, we're not staying until 2 a.m., but let, let's keep it going. I'm going in order. We'll start with Will. Hey, what a night, man. The only thing that made it better from Steph scoring 53 was Richard Jefferson, one of the biggest hit warrior haters calling the game tonight. Uh, <laughs> guy, like, it would be so funny because the play-by-play guy would keep on saying, like, amazing stuff about Steph and – you could just feel it from like the television that Richard was just like gritting his teeth, not pleased about it. Uh, Draymond scoring 18 is like the equivalent of Steph scoring 53 at this point. I mean, that should be just how I, much I, would, I would go farther. I would say Draymond's 18 is more impressive than Steph's 53. <laughs> <laughs> it is like it is like basically like an 81 point performance for Draymond. <laughs> Unreal. Gotta love that. Um, the thing that continues to frustrate me though, as many Warriors fans, is the freaking bench we have, it is so bad. Um, you don't like those Nico Manny minutes? Oh, man. We don't need <laughs> <laughs> A lot of G-leaguers. Nico Mannion, I mean, just come on, man. I mean, that looked terrible when he was in there. Um, luckily, we were able to hold it down. Uh, I want to talk about upcoming free agency because I know Ubre. there's a potential thing. If he wanted to come back, we would shell out the money to get him. What do you guys think about this? I was looking up some potential free agents to come to town. What if we got like a combination of Malik Monk and either Rashawn Holmes or Canner? It kind of be like a new school, like Landry and Jared Jack when they were here in like 2012, 2013. Um, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, go dub. Steph is a goddamn legend. I appreciate that. Love it. Thank you all. All right. Um, all right, what are your thoughts on Rashad Holmes and Enos Cantor? Uh, first of all, Will, Will Deck, last time he was on, he was so angry. Good to, good to hear that he's happy, talking with a smile on his face. <laughs> Enos Cantor would be – my question goes back to what, what, is their, what is their best – what is the system that best suits these players, right? What is the best system that suits Obviously Enos Cantor? Obviously, beating Enos Cantor in the post. Um, <laughs> Here, here's my thought. I don't think a big should be a consideration if James Wiseman's on the roster next year, period. Like, because you're going to have to play James Wiseman. You got Kayvon Looney, who's kind of reliable, and you need to have a certain amount of minutes for Draymond at center. So, like, 
I wouldn't worry. I, I just wouldn't focus on the big. There, there may be. I think there should be a focus on getting a good veteran big, but that good veteran big is not Enos Canner. Um, a good sure, veteran sure. big is a good veteran because <laughs> he's fine. He'll, he'll score a lot of points, like I'm like most mates, right? But like there is, a, there's a you need a certain. There, they'll need someone more like a Zaza, but maybe a little better, right? Right, Robin someone, Lopez type, and of guy. someone you know who's not going to get mad if they don't play every night. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Like a, a, a Robin Lopez makes sense. Yeah, he would be really good for this team. Um, all right, let's, all right let's let's keep moving. Ryan, what's up, man? Um, let me throw something at you guys. What well, What would you guys think if we keep Wiseman next year and we tra- we send Wiggins to Siberia and trade like the Minnesota pick for like a Gordon Hayward, so we have that future, and we're also winning now. Andy. I was going to say Sam. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you say send Wiseman and, and Gordon Hayward? And then said, Gordon Wiggins, Hayward. Wiggins, send Wiggins, send Wiggins away. Wiggins and the Wolves pick for yes. Gordon Hayward. So, so like, what we're talking about is like not the home run, just like the marginal upgrade type of thing. The problem with that, I would say, Ryan, is that the Warriors, if they're looking to move off the pick and or Wiggins, they're looking for a bigger upgrade than that. And I don't even think Gordon Hayward is demonstratively better than Andrew Wiggins today. Andrew Wiggins just locked up Bradley Beal outside of the foul at the end. And then Jamal Murray in back-to-back games. Uh, I didn't watch the Rockets game, but that, that, that's a really good defensive player. I don't know if he's the problem. And you're not shipping that player out unless you're getting, like, for example, Bradley Beal in return. I agree. Thanks, Ryan. Gordon Hayward, though. Had a nice season. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's up, Antonio? What's up, y'all? So I want to say two things real quick. So first one, get the negative energy out. I totally agree with Andy's tweet. I really could have just got up out there and paid me like Nico Manian. I could have done the same thing. What pisses <laughs> me off the most about him is he gives the illusion that he's playing like TJ McConnell, like that pest, like even just composite, <laughs> like that pest defense because he's going out there and it's, I'm just like, why are you picking up Jamal Murray at half court? Like he's not Steph for Dame and you're just going to get beat. Like you're, you're like, like I saw for Damian Lee last year, it looks like he's hustling on defense because he's behind this player every single time. And he's just in front. Like, why are you in front? And he's not going to pull from there. It was just so frustrating. Um, but my theory is that the, of Dre's game today, I really loved it. It's going to go unappreciated by the media and everything, but. I loved it. I think it's because the past few games, he was very mad at himself and he kept throwing away like these dumb passes. And at one point, like, I think everybody saw the clip where he's just like stomping, like, fuck, fuck. Like he knows he messed up. And then he's, you know, he gets up for games where he can have a challenge and Jokic is a challenge. And I don't know, he was just a little hot from uh, from three today, but I really loved his games tonight. And if he could just hit that floater or just a mid-range, like he did at the beginning of the game, he doesn't need the three. Like, it's like the whole Ben Simmons. Him and Ben Simmons are very similar in that way. I agree with you, Antonio. Um, I feel like, uh, one, he needs to figure out a shot he can make on a consistent basis. And then, two, from there, the Warriors need to build their roster. Like, if he's going to be a guy who finishes inside, they need Wiseman to be an outside shooter who slashes off of that instead of a guy who operates out of the post. A great point about the... Uh type of game that he came into playing he he after the last few games i'm sure realized that this is a huge game it seems like he can only play up during huge games which is great to see that he still has it but not so great if you've got a team that's three games under 500 right like they need him to be consistently great and he just might not have it anymore that that's probably the main reason he just doesn't have that in him every single night agreed all right let's move this forward let's keep moving guys keeping it moving all right Hey, Guy, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? Uh, I want to talk about Dre. I mean, that was that was everything we've been hoping from him, right? Like, uh, I know we talk about the system a lot, but you could run a motion. You could run a pick and roll. You could run a stop, drop, and roll. When Draymond's been playing the way he's been playing the last couple of weeks, it's like we're, we're going four on five out there. So I guess my question to you guys is, how do we build around this this guy going forward? What do we expect? Because on the one hand, this is the same guy. He was he was given 30 game three against Portland 2016, 30 game seven against Cleveland 2016. And now it's just like pray for 10. So 
when you look at building this offense long term, what should the Warriors be expecting from him? And how do you build around that? Thank you, guy. Andy, you want to take Ooh, it? yeah, that's a great one. I'll, I'll take a p- first pass at it. There has to be – the thing about Draymond that's really tough to build around is that I don't think it's just shooting. Like, I don't know how much spacing will help. It will, but I think for him, it's they need to get more guys that know how to play basketball around him. So that's why it's so hard when Oubre and Wiseman are on the floor together with Draymond. You can get away with one of those guys because neither of them know how to play basketball. You can get away with one of them. But then you can't get away with two of them, especially in a system that – like Draymond probably excels more in playing the system that Steve wants. And so you need yes. high IQ guys, and it's tough. Yeah, It's tough. It's tough to get those players in the NBA because the NBA is, is so simple in terms of just the pick and roll the way that works today. And I would just say spacing does help. Draymond needs to be the de facto center on offense. Maybe he, he can play whatever position on defense. Like defensively, it doesn't matter. You want to pick up the point guard, he'll do it. You want to play the center, he'll do it again. But um, offensively, you need a scheme where he's, quote, unquote, the worst. Uh, he's, he's, he's a five-man. So that's, that's a little tricky. But you know what? He's worth it when you consider all the things he brings on the other end. So figure it out. Figure it out. Wanda Scott Anderson probably needs a little more. A little more run. Yeah. Hey, Luke. Hey, bring on Luke here. Luke, what's up, man? Boys, how are we? We good? We good. You <laughs> Her Jessup's been doing well. Yeah, her Jessup's been playing well again. Yeah, he's fucking killing it. He's been really good, actually. Bit of positivity, eh, boys? Um, I just wanted to ask you, what, do you think the whole Wiseman thing um, and all these injuries have kind of been a bit of a sliding doors moment now that Oubre's probably going to play the four? And if Steph goes on a bit of a run here and just kind of plays ultra small ball and kind of just fucks the league up again, do you think that changes anything regarding what their mindset is going into next year? And by the way, before you answer too, fuck Richard Jefferson. He's <laughs> I just want to get that out there. That Will guy said in opening the will, he's 100% correct. He gritted his teeth. He's a fucking idiot. He shouldn't show all respect to Steph. <laughs> all so right, I hope all right. the ESPN and that give him, give him the credit where it's due. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to know if you boys think it changes any of their uh, future plans. Appreciate you, Luke. Um, I don't think it does. I think – well, I think here's what they need to do. They need to – if they're going to have Wiseman on the roster next year, they have to have a more specific plan for him other than, like, just figure it out. We're playing positionless basketball. Like, he's clearly not ready for that. You know, maybe maybe you could do that with Giannis or AD who are in their mid to late 20s and are smarter and have figured it out. But with Wiseman – you need to have like a very direct plan for him. And so I think Wiseman can play with this team and be impactful going into next year. But like, if you're going to do it, you have to have a clear vision. Ooh, yes. The clear vision is key, uh, especially in how you want to develop him. What type of player do you want him to be next season? Is he a shooter? Is he, is he a stretch big, right? Or is he a post-up guy? Is he just a screen pick and roll guy? Is he all of them? I don't think you can do all of them right now. Maybe in four years, pick one. Agreed. All right, let's keep moving. All right, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How you doing? Mike. <clears throat> Good. I'm what's here. up, can man? You how you doing? Yes, yeah, sir. we can hear you. All right. So, uh, one, um, I'd just like to say a uh, proud member of the Church of Steph. Amen. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, he's magical some nights. You know, you're, you're just like, I don't, I just sit and laugh at the stuff that he does. Um, right. Wins like this are what make me mad about the loss. You know, at yes. like, <laughs> I know you guys, you know, I know you guys can play. We should have won that game. You know, like I see the potential this team can play when they want to. And um, somebody had said it earlier. I think it might have been Andy about the, the, the bench. I, I mean, if you look at the box score, you know, it's it's Steph's win tonight. You know, I mean, like it's in right. Draymond's, you know, they got to do something. I don't. I don't know what else to, to say that it's been a problem all year. So thanks guys. Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah. I think the, this game midway through the game, I felt like, man, if the Warriors win this, this is just classic MO of a team that's inconsistent. You know, they, they can be good, great nights, but they're mostly just a lottery team. It's what it kind of feels like. But when you see Steph play like that, you're like, this is something that should be way more sustainable. Right. And that's what makes the Wizards. That's what makes the Wizards game so so much worse because of those role players. Uh, I don't know. The rest of the season is going to be fascinating to see because I think there are a lot of uh, a lot of these guys are now in roles that make a little bit more sense. As much as it sucks to say, 
Like maybe it's maybe it's it's not good for Wiseman that he's out, but it may help Draymond because he doesn't have right, to worry right. as much on all. Like if that may be the case. It may be. It's not a good thing. Maybe maybe it's not a bad thing. Who knows? But it might be better for them just to win a playing game or win a first round series game. But again, man, Wiseman was just getting back to to playing really really well, and uh, and and that sucks too. I agree with you. All right, we got uh, John McWalter. John, what's up, man? Hey, this was an amazing, amazing Steph game. Made more amazing by how humble Jefferson was on the ESPN broadcast. God, he was awful. Um, but you know what? I would, I would watch Jefferson do every game if that meant Steph was going to go off. Because, like, God help me, that made that made my night. And then until Andy had a post scene that it might be blown in the fourth quarter with him sitting there, and I got all freaked out. But you know what? I you look at the roster. What what can we do to fix it? No, there isn't much. But the good news is there's some contracts coming off the books pretty soon. Like you know, Smalagic not not guaranteed. Lee not guaranteed. Mulder not guaranteed. You can find these replacements for some of these guys out there, right? You can try to find someone to take up Eric Pascal's one point seven million dollar contract, right? And and try and fix this roster um, so that we don't waste this great Steph year and another great Steph year um, while we have someone like, I don't know, well, we won't get Suggs, but we'll have someone maybe in the top five, like, um, I don't know, whoever the kid from Baylor is. Um, and, you know, right, like, well, we'll end up with someone <laughs> decent. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, hopefully our friends down in Santa Cruz, like Chris Wims, can develop some people and raise some IQs that Draymond, as you say, can play with them. <laughs> and, uh, yay, Steph. Thanks for dropping 50-something on it. Made my night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, John. Steph makes the people happy is what he does. I think, think there's a fair point there about development of some of these young guys, Sam. Like, I JT, right? Like, Jordan Poole should be even better next season, presumably. And he's going to be very key if they want to be a, a very good regular season team. I agree. Oh, man. What's up, boys? Oh, here we go. Oh, what's up, man? What's up, Sam, Andy? I just want to say, first and foremost, I want to punch Bazemore in the face. Stop, stop. Like, yo, bro, like, he's got the most punchable face I've ever seen. Like, do you guys see when he when he airballed that like, that, that free throw? Yes, but let's, let's, re- let's relax right. here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking around, but, I, but, um, but anyway, so, obviously, Draymond was incredible tonight. But did you think that he kind of took this game a little bit personally because he knew that he had to guard um Jokic and 100%. And 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 it's like have you guys noticed that our team is so much more cohesive without Kelly Oubre on the lineup? Do you think because Ooh. the fact that our main focal point is like, "All right, we're going to play through Steph." And everybody was constantly looking for him. And there's just a different kind of energy. So what do you guys think about that? Ooh, two great points, Sam. I, I, I agree, by the way. Great call. Um, sometimes you're better off just ar- linking your arms together and, uh, you know, just flying V and let Steph shoot the ball, right? That's all we're talking about, right? <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. I I do think that was that's the major reason. You just can't have both Ubre and Wiseman together on the floor at the same time to no fault of their own because that's who they are as basketball players. We should know that already. The coaching staff should know that already. So when you take both of those guys out, you suddenly have guys that are looking for Steph, right? You have guys that are looking for for Draymond or make the life the life for Wiggins is easier now. Um I think that's very true. Juan Toscano Anderson, somebody compared him to an Igadala light. Yeah, I mean that's a great comp. That's a great comp to to someone that's that's so damn smart on the floor. I agree. All right, Ricky Garcia, what's up, Ricky? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What you got for us? Can we talk our uh, Can we talk about our friend uh, Bob Fitzgerald tonight? Uh, Absolute legend. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think he was very spot on tonight about Kent Bazemore being really stupid tonight. Um, the announcer. Yeah, he was, was mad. Yeah, he was he not was. happy with Bazemore. Oof. Um, he, he, that was that was fifty games of frustration over Basemore coming out. Of yeah, him. that was that. Ooh, I never heard him like sound like that. Where he was just, I have no idea what Basemore is doing. I'm like, whoa, fits of all people. Anyway, go ahead, Ricky. Sorry. Yeah, and that, and then he's also trying to really sell the fact that the Warriors will pay for your COVID test to get into the arena too. <laughs> um, so I, I don't, 
How would you grade? Uh, co- how, how, how would you grade? Company company would, yeah. How would you grade um, Bob Fitzgerald tonight? I mean, Fitz is it, it, it's either an A or an A plus at all times. There's no other way around it. You know, no one else is gonna try to tell you that loony back screens are actually the Mona Lisa. So I appreciate it at all times. Fitz, Fitz is nobody better at playing up the other team too, by the way. Just the other team is Goliath every time the Warriors have to play them. I, you want to have a friend like Fitz who just talks you up at all times. All right, let's get, uh, let's get one of the... Let's get what's up, else. guys? All right. Nathan, what's up, man? All right, kind of piggybacking off the last guy a little bit. Um, did y'all miss Ubre tonight? (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Yeah. Like I, I I talked with Dieter really briefly on Twitter during the game. I just asked like, could you like pay Juan Toscano Anderson 15 mil a year as a free agent just to retain the salary slot and just let Ubre leave? I don't know if it's legal or not, but. They got to retain the slot, but I don't think it should be Ubre. I think it's fair to say Ubre is uh, is a square peg in a round hole. You know, yeah. he, just, he just wants to do push ups and blow kisses. Doesn't want to do anything <laughs> else. So, might not be the best fit on his team, Nathan. We appreciate you coming on the show. I think another well, thing, too, another thing that's tough is you almost have to choose between playing Kelly Ubre and Andrew Wiggins. Because yeah, yes, like yes, that's yes. that's really tough. But if Andrew Wiggins not on the team, I mean, he's been good. Like you throw Uber in there, he'd probably be a fine fit. Not as good defensively, but maybe a more consistent shooter. Maybe, and so that'd be okay. Get to the bat. Like Uber will go to the basket more than than Wiggs. But you can't absolutely have you can't have both guys. It's tough. I agree. Antoine, what's up? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, what you got sure. for us? Hey, I just had two things real quick. First one was um is you guys talked about one a little bit earlier, but just surprising is how much uh, Kerr loves smart basketball players. Every time I see one on the court, he's looking for Steph. He's setting the right screen. He's tough. He's getting rebounds. It's just criminal to me how he doesn't have more minutes, considering how the front court of this roster has been so limited. Uh, why do you guys think that is? That isn't just racism and playing Nico Mannion. <laughs> and my second Stop. point... <laughs> My second point was just, uh, uh, do you guys think this was overall, top to bottom, the best overall the way, performance of the Warriors this year? I just noticed oh, your pictures. Yeah. Your picture is a picture of Ethan Strauss. What are you doing? No, no <laughs> shout no, out that Ethan. Was, that was that was that was the night at the Independent for the Count the Ding show where uh, nice. Andy might have uh, not made it the entire show. Oh, but, dude, uh, I remember that. I think I, I think I was with you as I was getting I, kicked out. I remember I thought, that kicked out I of my own damn you. show. I bought you the last shot before you, got, <laughs> before you left. Dude, that was a long night. It was a short night. Actually. That was the end of the night. I couldn't make it to uh, – I was supposed to go to Bruno's in the mission. Didn't make it. Uh, and I miss live shows. We got to do that soon. Live shows are good. Awesome. They were awesome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, I do think one of the weirder things about the season is how Juan has not a consistent role considering he does hit like 90% of everything Steve wants. And he just – you know how like certain players amplify other players like Iguodala, like is you put one out there with Wiggins or Ubre, they play better. There is only so many guys that you can play. I'm gonna assume is Steve Kerr's think I'm just gonna try to like think like Steve right now. And he's already short in the rotation. Don't think he's playing more than nine guys, and he usually wants to play ten or eleven. He threw a Nico tonight, didn't work. And I think he feels like he just has too many people that can't score and doesn't value Juan Toscano Anderson's defense or passing as much as he should, which is doesn't really make as much sense, right? But they need a little bit more because without Clay Thompson, they need that scoring that Ken Bazemore provides. Even though Bazemore does a lot of dumb stuff, he's still a better scorer objectively than Juan Toscano Anderson. Same with Dam- Damian Lee, right? So those guys are going to get the run to begin with because they feel like they need that rather than kind of try to see if two Draymonds out there on offense can survive. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. Sam. That's probably the best I've got. I'm with you. That makes sense. So let's keep moving here. Um, we have pay on, pay on one more shot. Oh, here we go. Yeah. 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 Yo, what's up guys? Hey, hey, we- 
What's up, man? Hey, so the previous callers kind of touched on the points I wanted to, but I'm fucking tired of baseball, man. Like, you know, like when you're playing like hoop, uh, like a 24 or whatever, someone keeps making a mistake and they keep saying, oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> this fool does that like three times a fucking game, man. Like he, like all fucking season, you know? So, I mean, he fouls nonstop too, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he had some decent shots tonight, so I don't want to get on him too much, you know? That is oh. that is the base more viable season, right? You get mad at him, but then he'll, just, he'll make some plays that'll just, but he'll make some plays that'll just save the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no. t- we lost him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's frustrating like that. Really, the all the all my bad team. That's a good <laughs> way to put it. Pam, we appreciate you. We're bringing on Larry. Larry, what's up? Hey, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, what's sweet. Up? Uh, great win, but two things. First, that Murray injury, man, really sobered me, man. I was like arguing with you guys, man. Stuff needs to play more minutes, but like seeing Murray injured, right? I was like, man, like those two extra minutes, right? It could mean the difference between an injury like that and just staying unscathed so um i still like you still agree with you guys we need to play stuff more minutes but after the scene murray's injury me i don't know about it anymore no thing. yeah so no, the thing is um i think um i know you guys been talking about draymond a lot but i think like my observation is draymond scoring like really just comes down to like matchups right i think against slower centers like Jokic, like he scores really well and you can see that i think um Last year, sorry, not two years ago, the playoff series against Portland, right? They played nothing but slow centers. Like, Draymond was just scoring like a beast, right? But against, like, um, teams that play, I think, um, more mobile fours and fives, like AD, Siakam, Kawhi, and stuff like that, I mean, just Draymond just doesn't score. So I think I think Draymond's gotten to the point of a carry where I think his effectiveness is going to be very matchup-based, right? I think which is why it's important that the Warriors get the right matchups to kind of maximize Draymond because I think, yeah, it's just against bad matchups and better players, he's not going to score that much. Yeah, yeah, Larry, that's a good point. Andy, your thoughts? Uh, the first one with the injury, I think, is more... Jamal just came off an injury. Right. First game back, playing at 120% in a playoff atmosphere type of game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it was those extra minutes that it was the injury. Not a doctor. But if I were to guess, that sounds like it's overcompensation or something like that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, that, that's not something that you would do normally. Um, it's not like he played the last three games, right? And that's what happened. I um, mean, then the second piece, Sam, you take that one. That's a good one with the matchup. I, I do think Draymond, the worse his offense gets, the more he's a little more matchup based. But with, with that said, I think, I think you just have to build your roster around it a little bit and live with the fact that, like, okay, he's not a big scoring threat, he's more of a passer. So, I think, I don't know. He, the good outweighs the bad with Draymond, ultimately, for me. I see it more as a thing you have to build around than, you know, anything else. Um, we can keep moving. Jamil, what's up, man? What's up? Um, speaking of Draymond, this this was probably his best game in months. And uh, another thing. I thought I hated um, Brad Wanamaker. But I think Cam Batesmore has reached <laughs> that limit. My goodness. But hey, but Kim Bates wanna make shots though. Brad Wanamaker wasn't making um, shots. I think he, um in this game, right, he had like three um three possessions where he just came up down and just did something stupid. He fouls somebody, he leaves Murray in the corner, then he clanks a layup, then he'd be like, yo, my bad, my bad, my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. I'm like, dude. Nah, um, uh, um, next year he should not be on the team. Yeah, that's it. That's what I have to say. Jamil, appreciate you. (laughs) It's like Boston sports radio we've got going on here. I love it. Yeah, I don't even have anything else to say about it. I'm just dying. Uh, we're going to do a couple, two <laughs> no, more, for, and then we call it night, the, right? Two more. Well, yeah, with the vet man, I don't know. I, 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 I'd take him back. The vet man's not too bad. All right, Diego. We'll give it to Diego. Diego, we're back. Diego, right. what's up, man? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's up? 
Hey, hey, hey. Um, I guess my question is, I know we don't know uh, Wiseman's uh, extension of his injury yet. So uh, what would you say is like the best case scenario for the season if he's just out for the rest of the season, I guess? Appreciate the question, Diego. I'll, I'll take this one. I, I think uh, you got to plug your just, pod you know, too, Sam. Oh, I, what? No, oh, no, I was okay. messing with you. I was um, saying I was, plug, plug the pod that you did with Dr. Raj. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say. By the way, you can check out the podcast of Dr. Raj where he broke down all the potential scenarios of uh, the range of outcomes. But like the reality is, uh, if it's not serious, it's about him being able to work all over the summer and get better, right? Like that's what we're hoping for, right? Got to be some way. Whatever he's working. <laughs> I saw an article today that KG was going to be helping him. Did you see that one? Like, all right. Yeah, and, and these are things where if he if he if it's the full tear and he's out four months, like he doesn't get that work in. So that's what we want to see going forward. Um, all right, we'll get to the last caller here. Let's bring on Juwan. Juwan, what's up, man? Sam, I love the fact that you do a great job of keeping it PC when everybody gets on here and starts slandering <laughs> people on the Warriors. I'm going to end off with. I just want to say I'm the captain of Baysmore Slander Island. And if you lock Ken Bazemore in an empty gym, he would leave with three fouls and four turnovers. Thanks for my call. <laughs> All right, are we ending it there? Is it, is it? Man, we're having such a glorious – I need to know who's going to have the big Steph call. We need to end on a positive Steph note. Um, Which one of these people? Who's, who's giving me the Steph notes? All right, all right, Gavin. We'll let you up here. Gavin, what's How up, How y'all doing? Good. What's up, man? So listen, with Steph, right, I know people know, you know, people have, you know, Magic as, you know, the greatest point guard of all time and everything. But, you know, for me, like, it's getting to the point where I have to put Steph up there. I'm sorry. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. First off, um, Gavin, we appreciate you. We're going to end on this note. Andy, Magic Johnson. Were you even alive when he retired? No, I'm leaving that one up to you, sir. <laughs> no takes from me there. I was, uh, you know, seven years. The point is, I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to argue about Magic's greatness. But for a generation, no, three generations, Steph is the best point guard you've ever seen. I don't want to hear anyone over the age of under the age of 45 telling me that magic is better than Steph. You didn't watch magic. You're just scrolling Wikipedia and looking for reasons to slander. If you did not watch magic Johnson choke in the 84 finals as tragic magic, I do not want to hear your Steph slander about 2016. If you do not watch magic win in 81 or 87, I do not want to hear about how it was more impressive than Steph's finals. You didn't see it. So My general opinion is if you're under the age of 45, you do not get to claim Magic Johnson as the best point guard you've ever seen. That's how we fucking end the podcast. Yeah, that's how we go. I appreciate you all. Pod will be out in the morning.